everybody, Chris Harry with you on a special draft edition of Chargers Weekly. A bit later, I'll be joined by Eric Hansen of the South Bend Tribune. We'll learn more about the Chargers' first-round draft pick Jerry Tillery and his ascension from Notre Dame to the NFL. But first, ESPN's Eric Williams joins me, and we recap the first three rounds of the NFL Draft. Well, it's 9 p.m. on a Friday night in Costa Mesa. Where else would you rather be, Eric Williams? I'd rather be cozying up to the bar and about ready to have a Jack and Coke, but I'm, I'm here with you, so I guess that's the second best place. It's been a long day, too, 2019 NFL Draft. Eric's going to break down the first three rounds with me, and Eric, we'll get into what happened today, but first round overall, before we get into Jerry Tillery, just your overall impressions of the first round of the draft. Well, we were talking about it. Um, there were some surprising picks. Obviously, the, the Clemson DN going that early when you thought it was going to be Oliver or you know Josh Allen or somebody Even like Josh that. Josh Allen, yeah. Um, but they took their guy who they who they liked, and that makes sense. Daniel Jones going that early to the Giants again is surprising. Just when you look at the talent level and Haskins going to fifteenth, who I clearly think is a better player than Daniel Jones. But again, um, when you talk about these picks, it's all about fit. Uh, not only fit in terms of scheme, but fit in terms of organization and, and fit in terms of you know what room they're going to be going into. That's right. Their personality. Um, all that is going into that equation when a team makes a selection. Um, those two picks obviously stand out just because of how high those two guys went and where they were, you know, kind of in all these different mock drafts where they were, were, were pegged to go. Yeah. Which, you know, mock drafts, what, what do we get, five, six right if we're lucky? Well, I think somebody on NFL Network even pointed this out. Like, if Farrell, if Mike Mayock was at NFL Network and had Farrell as his number one pass rusher, right. we wouldn't bat an eye, right? No. We'd be like, oh, wow, they got Farrell four We've overall. already been conditioned that yes. that's where he's supposed to go. <laughs> exactly. So we, we don't know. I mean, we're not looking at any of the draft boards of the actual team, so you don't know where teams actually have guys – rated on on their their system exactly and every organization is different um when it comes to just the identity Mm -hmm. of what they want to do what they want to accomplish and and how they see certain players but you know the raiders they get a they get a running back from alabama they get Mm -hmm. a pass rush from clemson and they get a safety from mississippi state right in the box guy that 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 can play the play the run so gruden finally got the safety that he wanted apparently Although he obviously spoke highly of Derwin and said he would have took Derwin had they not taken, you know, Joseph and 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 was the guy to uh, it was Colton Miller last year, right? Where they they, t- the, they took a safety from Connecticut, I think, the year before. Ob Melifonwu. Yeah, so yeah. they had taken safeties in back-to-back drafts, so he felt like he couldn't take a safety up high again for a third straight draft. So they took Colton Miller instead, who's still a work in progress right now. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Broncos, they trade back. Hmm? The Pittsburgh Steelers move up to get Devin Bush. Yes. And then Joe Flacco's best friend is, is going to be in. that tight end from Iowa, Noah Fant. And, and I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like because we saw Kittles last year against the Chargers, and he's got some juice. And so if that guy is anything like Kittles, I think if you're the Chargers, you're, you're a little concerned about that because you know that he can create some explosive plays. Um, you're going to, to, to have to deal with that two times a year now. Yeah, well, they got a guy from Delaware that we'll talk about in a little bit that mm-hmm. may be able to combat that. Yep. But but Jerry Tillery, 
28 overall. First of all, I want to compliment you. You look very dapper in your in your mock draft uh, <laughs> at you. NFL Nation. And Dexter Lawrence was a guy. I thought it would have been a great pick, but Dave Gettleman wanted to snatch him up earlier. But yeah. Jerry Tillery, uh, a guy that Isaac Rochelle is very familiar with, mm-hmm. a, a guy that was a, a 2018 All-American According to Sports Illustrated and The Athletic, yep. Pro Football Focus was very high on him. Uh, a good-looking player. Yeah, and and somebody that Gus hasn't had in his system for a while, when you look at the size, 6'6", almost 300 pounds, they really wanted somebody long and lanky inside that could push the pocket. Again, Chris Jones and what he's able to do for the Chiefs. Mm to get pressure inside and help it to get those edge rushers home. And and for the Chargers, that's Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. They can be even more effective if you have a guy like like Tillery that can give you consistent pass rush inside. So it makes sense. He was the best interior pass rusher on the board when they picked. Uh, Tom Telesco said he was the only guy they had a first-round grade on that was left on the board when they selected at 28th. Uh, they had him in for a pre-draft visit, so that kind of gives you an idea that you know they were interested. Uh, he has a torn labrum, so he's, he's going to have to work his way in slowly, although um, Jerry said that he's hopeful that he'll be fully healthy for the starting training camp. We'll see uh, more than likely the way that this training staff and medical staff works. They want to err on the side of caution. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a pup guy to start training camp just to make sure that you give him every opportunity to be healthy for the start of the season. Yeah, no need to rush it if no. he's not ready. But uh, the fact that he did have an injury and was as productive as he was, yeah. uh, you know, just from he, – he talked about just the way he ascended as a player at Notre Dame. He, mm-hmm. was a, he played offensive line in high school too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he was a two-way player in high school. So, athletic kid, and he's got a lot of traits that I think uh, mirror well with what the Chargers like to do. Yeah, it, it's weird because, you know, I, I had talked to a couple of different people around the league about about Tillery and, and whether they thought he was a first-round guy or not. And they did question his passion for the game and, and, and if he loved football uh, just because he's an eccentric, eclectic guy when you look at his background. You know, he's an economic major. Not a lot of football players are, are econ majors when you go through college. Obviously, Notre Dame uh, tends to attract – uh, guys that have a lot of outside interest other than football, and they want to take advantage of every opportunity that you have at a place like Notre Dame, as they should. Absolutely. Uh, um, and so he's a guy that did that. You know, he likes yoga. You think he he studied studied Japanese, took poetry. Um, you know, he had his draft party in Maui. Um, that's pretty cool. Kind of, that just kind of tells you the kind of guy he is. When I first saw the draft party, Eric, I was like, "Are they just have? Is this just a Hawaiian theme right party?" Like, or, no, they're or in no, Maui. They're literally in Maui. <laughs> so, by the way, as as we tape this, Jerry's been all over Los Angeles today. Yeah. He's got to be exhausted. I was just talking about like Jerry's got to be exhausted yeah. coming from Hawaii to LA and then just taking a tour of the city. I think he's at a Clippers game as we speak. Yeah, so he's getting the whole car wash here he is. in southern L.A. and getting a, a little taste of what that's about. And I think that's kind of cool. Um, I think the one thing, and I think you, you kind of alluded to it, the fact that he has a former teammate already on the roster and in the, the same defensive line room that he's going to be in, Isaac Rochelle, I think that's huge in helping in terms of the, the transition going from college to pro and kind of showing him the ropes and, and giving him an idea of what to expect. That's and, helpful. And what the expectations are from GIF, 
and Gus. No doubt. I think that's important yeah. to Eric because Isaac's been in the room. Yep. He was a seventh rounder too, so yep. he, he didn't have the the first round treatment. And I'm not saying Jerry gets extra treatment, but you know, as a first rounder, I think you have a little bit more uh, slack than sure. than a seventh. It's definitely rounder. a luxury of being a first round pick. Of course, the expectations are high, but then because of the expectations are high, they they give you a little more rope to kind of learn and, and get in there. Where seventh round pick, you really are fighting to to make the team. A few days before the combine, you know, Tillery was mocked to the Chargers mm-hmm. in a lot of a lot of mock drafts. Yep. And first of all, I, this is a topic for another day, but I think we have to change mock draft just the way we do it. I think there was just too many this year. I felt like there was like ten times more than there there normally is. I think you're just looking at them more. Probably, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just guilty of that. But but I asked him about him. He goes, "Oh, Jerry, I talked to Jerry yesterday for 30 minutes, just about prepping for the combine." And yeah. he was speaking in the present tense in February, like. He's going to be a great guy in the locker room. You know, uh, he, he is an exceptional football player. He would fit right in. And it was just funny how, like, two months later, yeah. here we go. He's got his teammate here. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he spoke it into existence. He did. Like, like LeVar Ball. Hey, you brought it up, not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second round. The draft was a little nutty because there were some guys that fell – I didn't think Nazir Adderley was yeah. going to be there at the end of the second round. And sure enough, uh, the Chargers got themselves a potential starter at free safety. Yeah, fourth safety taken in the draft. Uh, a lot of the mocks, like you said, had him in the first round. Um, so to, to kind of get the guy that it seems like they really wanted that fit their scheme. By the way, shout out to Jeff Miller. He had a right in his uh, L.A. Times mock, but it was just the wrong round. So it still counts. It still counts. I, I give him full credit, man. You know. <laughs> Ten years later, say, so, you know, I had a mark there. I had, I had it was a guy. It was fine. Um, I just think it's it's a great fit because of uh, the way this guy plays, uh, the sense of urgency, the ball hawking skills in terms of taking the ball away, ball skills, his ability to run red line to red line, and you know, again, I covered this scheme in Seattle and Gus, and I watched Earl Thomas every day in practice, and so I kind of understand the kind of effect that it has to have a guy that runs like that and can erase so many different mistakes that guys have on the corners when you have a guy that plays like that. And the cool thing about this guy is not only can he run, he comes up and hits. If you watch some of the – physical. Yeah, he's physical as a guy that um, is not necessarily the biggest um, body. Um, And he has versatility. He can drop down and play nickel corner inside so you can move him around a little bit. And now what it really does is – it frees you up to just play Derwin at the line of scrimmage. You don't have to push him back. You can let him do what he does best because you know you have a guy back there in the back end uh, that you trust that has the skill set to, to to play that position. Now, Nas has to go out there and earn it. You're not just going to give him a starting job. Of course. Jalen Watkins and Rayshon Jenkins are going to have something to say on whether he's the guy or not. But certainly when you just look look at the guy they got, you have to like that. And you can't underestimate, especially Rayshon. He's been in the program mm-hmm. for a little bit, and you know Jalen has been in this league for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think the positional versatility, but like a guy like Desmond, you know, he, he could eventually move to – I've talked to Daniel Jeremiah and Money about mm-hmm. him eventually being a safety. Yeah. Um, so just to your point about Gus and, and having these, these versatile pieces. Also, Eric, I know he pulled a hamstring yeah. uh, when he ran his 40, but he didn't miss a game. Yeah. Delaware. So the durability, I think, is important too. The ability to play corner, and uh, albeit it was against uh, lesser competition, you know he was he was the man at Delaware. And Telesco kind of spoke to that because he ran a four six three and pulled his hamstring. So people were kind of questioning his speed. 
and then you add on the fact that he played, you know, Delaware one double A or Division. I think it's one double A. Is what F? Is it FCS? Yeah, which is one double yeah. A. Who was previously, um, you know, a little bit lesser competition. I think maybe some teams questioned, you know, whether he's worth a first round pick, um, and like, he falls to the second round, and the Chargers were able to get him, and um, you know, I, I think. Uh, they were able to get two potential starters in those first two rounds. I just talked to you about 20 minutes ago about the Pro Bowlers on this defense. Mm-hmm. You know, Casey Hayward, he's an all pro. He's a Pro Bowler. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Derwin James, Adrian Phillips, Desmond e- King. Desmond King, all pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw Thomas Davis in the mix. I know he's older, but he, he's been an all pro and a Pro Bowler his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the potential with Uchenna and Kaiser and Justin Jones and having a, a captain like Mebane and Denzel Perryman Denzel coming Perryman. back. There's a lot of dudes on this defense, man. And, and just the fact that you got two potential starters, it's just it's kind of wild how good the potential of this defense of 2019 could be. And it just it it just heightens the level of competition because everybody's going to kind of feed off of that, and it, it forces everybody That's to great play point. at a higher level. That's a great point because everybody's being held accountable. You know they have the kind of guys on the defense that if somebody's not playing like they're supposed to be playing, somebody's going to yeah. call them out. Oh yeah, and you not need afraid that. to do that. And there, there's they're all Type A personalities. And so you want that as a defense. Uh, you know, Brandon Meebane is another guy that, that's, that's played on a Super Bowl team. And, it's, and it, there's a certain expectation, a certain standard that he holds himself to that he's going to hold others to as well. Um, so, yeah, when you look at that defense, you're like, they could be pretty good. Yeah, it, like you said, there's a lot of alphas. And, you know, Derwin recognized that right away. I mean, I, I think he almost took on that leadership role. But he knew the culture that w- that existed, and he almost enhanced it. Mm-hmm. So to, to bring in a guy like Adderley, uh, hopefully he fits right in. Based on his makeup and, and what we've seen on film and what we've seen over the last four years of Delaware, all signs lead to, to believe that he will. Well, he's already talking. He already said him and Derwin are going to be the best – Safety tandem in the league. There you go. So he's he's setting the standard right there. The April there. talk, baby. <laughs> Got to earn the job for his own. Got to earn the job. <laughs> Third round, another small school guy, Trey Pipkins. Yeah, University of Sioux Falls. I didn't, I didn't even know it existed until yeah. just a few hours ago. Tom made the point, though, that he's a legit prospect. He was at the Combine, right. um, and he's got all the traits to be a really good tackle in the league. And, it, you know, it, it may take a little bit of time, but, but to have that potential, especially – when you want to protect Phillip last few years of his career potentially and whoever the future is down the line. And I think a couple of things when you look at this pick. First of all, third round, that's where you got Keenan Allen. Um, so Keenan Allen wasn't a perfect prospect. There was an issue because of his knee, and he didn't run well. And so that's why he ended up falling in the third round. Third round is usually where you get guys that you like, but there's, there's some issues there that you have to work through. They're usually developmental prospects. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick because he was 5'10". And at that point, you didn't have a Baker Mayfield. You had maybe a Drew Brees, so you didn't know. Uh, but thanks to Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray just went number one overall because you see that it works now. Um, and so with this guy, as Telesco talked about during his press conference, he was really looking for those traits that you – you see in an offensive tackle uh, a pass protector. And so it was his length. It was his feet. He had those physical attributes. He dominated at the Division II level, which is expected for a guy uh, that of his, his physical nature and, and size. 
Um, they like his his personality. He feels like it'll be a good fit in in, in the uh, in the offensive line room. And the fact that he can he can work with those guys and that he's going to be competitive and grind. Um, but offensive line, it's hard to find those guys. It is, you know, that that can play at this level on a consistent basis. And so, you know, he's somewhat of a project. Um, they have one of the best offensive line coaches, I think, in the league, and Pat Meyer yeah. has done a great job in developing guys. I mean, look at Sam Tevy. He developed to the point where he could go out there and play winning football on game days at right tackle. Um, and so I think it's going to be kind of a project to see how this guy develops. Not only do you have Coach Meyer, you got a guy like Russell. Yep. you got a guy like Pouncey yeah. in that room. Vets, been there, done that, have played at an elite level in this league, so you can never have enough of those guys, especially when you got a youngster coming in trying to learn the ropes in the NFL. Yeah, you you need those guys to help the younger guys grow, and you need guys um, not only that are veterans but are willing to help younger guys because sometimes you have veterans in there and and they're more worried about holding on to their job yeah. than helping a younger guy. I'm going to help you take my job. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to do that, right? <laughs> you, you know, I mean, uh, but but you you need veteran guys that are willing to help those younger guys and bring them along because it makes the team better. And really that's the the end objective is you're trying to win a Super Bowl. In order to do that, you need 53 guys that can play because ultimately guys are going to get hurt and somebody's going to need to step in and, and be able to fill that role if you are the veteran guy that gets hurt. Um, so it makes sense to have guys that are willing to do that. And they do have those guys in, in Okung, as you mentioned, Pouncey, even Schofield that's played oh, yeah. a lot of football. He's a guy that, that can get in there and and be a mentor to some of these younger players. And, heck, you know, I, I almost think that the guys that are in the league two, three years, like a guy like Dan Feeney mm-hmm. played every snap last year. I can lean on a guy like like Feeney or, or Lamp. Just what's it like the first couple of years? Sure. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that gets overlooked by fans is, you know, you're never – you're never stagnant. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And so the fact that you have younger guys like Feeney and, and Tevi that played a year uh, and played all those snaps, that's going to help them the following year. They're going to be better players because of that. And then they get a full off season to go and look at the tape, see how they can improve, see how they can improve themselves physically and then come back and then get better. And even with the offensive line, that cohesion and chemistry is huge. That's how you, your your line improves year to year because the more snaps that the same five guys have together, the better and more efficient they're going to they're gonna be over time. All right, I don't want to date the podcast because day three is tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about rounds four through seven another time. I want to get you out of here on this, though, because I didn't get to talk to you about the schedule. Just want to get your reaction. I know we don't have it in front of us now, but, mm-hmm. you know, four primetime games. You get, yep. you get a couple here at Rocket Field Dignity Health and uh, a pretty interesting slate. Yeah, I, I like the start of the schedule because I, I believe you, you open up with Indy at home. Uh, then you go to Detroit, That's if right. I remember, Houston, and then I think you go to Miami. So I think those first four games – it's kind of a soft opening for them, and it's two home games where you're playing against fan bases that don't necessarily travel as well. So those could be two home games where you actually have a home field advantage, and that could that can help you. Uh, so, I, you know, three and one to start, and then I think when you look at October to the bye, that's a tough stretch now. It is a tough stretch. Because I think you have Pittsburgh at home. I believe you have Green Bay at home. I think Denver at home. Um, you got to play Kansas City in that Mexico City game just before the bye. And there's a tough, there's a couple tough road games in there. Again, I'm not remember the teams, yeah. but it just, I just remember seeing Chicago that. Chicago on the road, Tennessee Chicago, on the road. Tennessee, yeah. That's a tough stretch. It is. So it's important, I think, that you get off to a good start. 
You know, if you can get th- get to three and one, and then get to that stretch, and then you know, if you're able to, I think go four out of seven during that stretch and get to the bye, and you have the late bye, which which sucks. The players don't like having that late bye, but you know, it is what you get it, it is. back a little bit because I think there's a Thursday night game uh, right. against Oakland. Raiders. Yeah. So so you get that ten day. I know you got it. Kind of negates because you got to play four days later. Right. I think it's Green Bay, Oakland on Thursday night. Then you get ten days. That sounds right. But. You know, everybody gets the the mini buy. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, it's. I guess it's better to have it later than earlier. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Would you rather have it week four or week twelve? No, you'd rather have it later yeah. than earlier for sure. Yeah. You just you'd like it like they had last year. Right in the middle. Week dead center. Yeah, that's when you want it. Um, but they'll. I think they'd take that week eleven or twelve or whatever it is versus a week four. I think if they get to that that stretch and they're, I don't know, seven and four, eight and five. I think they're okay going into that, those final five games. But, but that, to me, that's the toughest stretch. By the way, we're talking about this in the middle of the draft. and it, it, <laughs> it, This is the only thing that's funny because I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Derwin, Justin Jackson helping win a game in Kansas City. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that Derwin was all pro. Uchenna had that, that uh, big play at the end of the, the playoff game. Ravens. There's going to be guys that we're not talking about right now that are going to affect – the 2019 season, you know, yeah. and, and there's there's guys that the Colts are going to pick up uh, tonight and the rest of the weekend that could affect the the season. So we, we think we know who's going to be good. We don't know who's going to be good. No. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes the NFL the greatest mill soap opera in America. And that's why people listen to the podcasts that talk about who's going to win what week, how they're going to end up, who we're going to draft, mock drafts, yeah. which I've already talked about. So yeah. I don't know, man. That's April. April's great because everybody has hope. There's speculation, mm-hmm. and I, I don't care what anybody says. The draft is one of my my favorite times of the year. Yeah, April's the spring training for NFL because, like you said. Uh, Everybody's optimistic. Nobody's lost a game yet. Every, oh, no. Everybody's team's getting better. You know, the press conferences. Everybody got their guy. Oh yeah, everybody got their guy. <laughs> everybody got their guy. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Williams, ESPN. I appreciate you staying late, buddy. And uh, we'll see you the rest of the weekend. And uh, I'm sure very soon here at OTAs. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right, now please be joined by Eric Hansen of the South Bend Tribune here on Chargers Weekly. He's a beat writer for Notre Dame football. And Eric, I appreciate you spending some time with us, bud. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Chris? Doing very well. I had a chance to meet Mr. Jerry Tillery this morning, and uh, I look forward to getting some insight from you. And we'll just start by by getting your reaction to Jerry landing with the Chargers at 28th overall. Well, it seems like a really good fit, and I think he's really deserving to be a first-round draft choice because really when you looked at the breakdown of whether he was a first or a second round guy, it seemed to revolve around this issue of did he have too many interests out of football? Was he in love with football enough? It wasn't whether he was a first round talent or not. So I I think that him going in the first round was, was really great for Jerry. You talk about having different interests outside of football. Brian Kelly, I saw a tweet from him. He referred to Jerry as Notre Dame's most interesting man. He has a lot of interests off the field, but I think that's a good thing. I talked to him about visiting different countries. He speaks Japanese, and I think it's it's good to have interests outside of football. I do, too, and I think, and certainly as a Notre Dame player, that's really valued. You know, he was involved in student government, and he was involved with um, just all kinds of things. Did yoga with Brian Kelly and the school president, Father Jenkins. Really? Um, 
you know, and, and did all kinds of things in terms of traveling. He's into the arts. Um, you know, when he showed up, maybe he was a little scattered in terms of his focus. You know, he wanted to be the next president of the United States. He wanted to be a dentist. Um, but then, you know, football became front and center for him, but he still had these other interests and I think had a really good perspective on how to make that all work. I saw some of the reaction coming in last night and the associate head coach, defensive line coach Mike Elston said his journey was unconventional, but the destination is just as sweet. And he said, you'll do great things. Congrats, my man on Twitter. Uh, that unconventional part of his career, I have to imagine in high school, that's where it stems from because he was an offensive lineman in high school, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And and for two, if if you're familiar with the Chicago Bears offensive line coach Harry Heastan, he was the offensive line coach at Notre Dame from 2012 to 2018, and he was the guy that helped develop and recruit Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson, who were first round draft picks last year. Ronnie Stanley, first round draft pick for the Ravens. Uh, Zach Martin, first round draft pick for Dallas, and. Um, Harry and I actually texted yesterday, and he said had they kept Jerry at offensive tackle, he would have been another one in that lineage of first-round offensive uh, tackle draft picks. But about a month before he showed up, they they really felt like they needed more help on defense. Jerry was a good two-way player. He was actually the defensive player of the year in Shreveport, Louisiana. So he said, sure. He was enrolling early. He said, I'll embrace it. And, you know, there were some growing pains with the position, but he was in the rotation from the time he was a freshman. I think where it also is unconventional is, you know, he had some lapses of maturity when he was a younger player. He had a couple of incidents at USC in 2016, um, and he also was suspended from the Fiesta Bowl game his freshman year uh, and wasn't able to play in that. So, certainly had some growing up to do, but he got to the right destination eventually. He did, and he acknowledged that stuff and said he, he's obviously a different player and you know a different person from that time. It was just kind of a, a little bit of a lapse in judgment. He also referred to himself as an ascending player, and from your vantage point, covering this team for as long as you have since, since 05, what do you remember about Jerry as a freshman to Jerry as a senior? Well, Jerry as a freshman – was really under the spotlight because Showtime had a series called A Season with Notre Dame and where they had these guys mic'd up, you know, going to class, everything else. And Jerry became a central character in this television show. And he was kind of a goofy but likable guy. You know, his teammates convinced him that during practice when he had to use the porta potty that you had to wear your helmet into the porta potty. <laughs> there was some gullibility there, uh, but really a fun guy, very engaging, and so forth. You know, I did a big story on him last summer. We do a annual magazine for our our premium subscribers, and it was interesting to see how he had redefined himself, his body, his mind, his focus, and kind of his reputation, and he turned in really turned himself into an elite player and a large part of that was just working hard. You know, he was not a big film study guy. All of a sudden that's all he was doing. You know, he was in the weight room getting stronger, 
Um, he switched positions. He went from nose guard to be defensive tackle, which allowed him to be a little bit more disruptive in the pass rush. Um, I think everything about Jerry Tillery in 2018 screamed maturity and screamed an ascending player. So I would agree with Jerry in describing himself as that kind of player because I think the best is still yet to come. And this past season, too, Eric, eight sacks. I, I believe that was a team high. Three forced fumbles, 30 tackles, 10 and a half for loss, five quarterback hurries. He was a, a 2018 All-American, according to Sports Illustrated and The Athletic. Um, you know, Pro Football Focus had him as, I believe, their their seventh player overall in this draft. So the fact that the Chargers get him at 28 um, – you don't want to put too much pressure on a first-round pick, but you look at a guy like Derwin James, who the Chargers got at 17, who kind of dropped, uh, and you weren't expecting him to be there. Um, maybe Jerry has that same type of impact based on how he has ascended from freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, now into the pros. I think you know what's really telling about Jerry in, in the line of question you just had there is he played two-thirds of the season with a shoulder injury that was serious enough that he had surgery on it on March 6th. And I'm sure you know all the background about the timetable on when he'll be ready for that. But, you know, I, I know his parents did not want him to play in the Clemson game for fear that he would injure it further. And he was absolutely a team guy and was, was willing to do that. But I think his numbers would have been much better had he been healthy all season. That The game in which he injured it was the Stanford game. And he was dominant in that game, uh, had multiple sacks, just was a nightmare for Stanford to deal with. And you think about Stanford's reputation as having pretty good offensive linemen. Jerry just dominated that day. You, you didn't see that kind of production late in the season just because, again, he was kind of playing one-armed for two-thirds of the game. But it speaks to his toughness, his commitment to football, and the fact if he's healthy next year, you may see a bump in that production especially when you have guys like Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram on that defensive line as bookends, how much easier do you think that transition is for for a rookie, but a rookie with the talent that Jerry has to be alongside Pro Bowl players on the defensive ends here at the Chargers? Well, I think that certainly helps. Notre Dame had some pretty good ends who decided to stay in school. I think they both will be high round draft choices next year so he's used to playing with guys like that he had a really good position coach and Mike Elston who's done a great job of developing people you know Isaac Rochelle gives him some familiarity that's right uh former teammate from Notre Dame who's with the Chargers so there's a lot to like about the fit of this situation Isaac was one of the first players he saw, maybe the first player that he saw this morning. I know Isaac's over the moon to have Jerry here in L.A. Uh, what do you make of Isaac uh, being a seventh-round pick in year one? Joey Bosa gets hurt. He fills in very ab- admirably, has five sacks in 2018. Uh, he's another ascending player from Notre Dame, Eric. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching Isaac and watching him develop at Notre Dame. He's not, you know, the twitchy defensive end you think about and yet he, he's very smart player, very strong player, and very smart player, and really was incredibly productive at Notre Dame. Had more quarterback hurries than he had sacks. But again, I think he's a guy that his best football is kind of ahead of him at this point. And uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's been a, a nice fit. 
you know, Eric, as we tape this, the draft is continuing, and I know more Notre Dame players are going to come off the board. How does that program prepare their players for the pros? Because you see, I believe Jerry is the ninth first-round draft pick by the Irish in the last eight years. So how does Notre Dame prepare their players for the pros? Because they have a lot of them, uh, and these guys seem to have a lot of success. Well, I think that Brian Kelly found a real happy medium there. When he came in, I think Brian wanted to tamp down the NFL aspirations of his players because he felt like Charlie Weiss overemphasized it. And then he kind of saw, you know what, you can be really good college program, have kids graduate, and have that NFL dream. So Brian started making some NFL connections. One of the guys that he taps into is Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots. But but they do a really good job of, of inviting scouts to come in to watch practices. And they and, and just in terms of assistant coaches, the player development at Notre Dame is outstanding. Uh, when you think about maybe where a guy comes in and where he leaves college. You know, Jerry was the number, I want to say, 11 defensive tackle coming out of high school. He ends up being, what, the sixth interior defensive line off the board, lineman off the board last night. And there are a lot of stories of more dramatic improvement than that. So Brian Kelly hires teachers, guys that can teach the position. Player development is so important. You mentioned nine first-round draft picks in eight years. In the 12 years before that, they had two, Brady Quinn and Jeff Fain. So that goes to kind of show you on not only the recruiting, but the player development model Brian Kelly has going. No doubt. He's Eric Hansen, South Bend Tribune. Eric, that was awesome. Awesome stuff. Really great insight into the Chargers' first-round draft pick. We may have to give you a ring during the season if uh, if Jerry and or Isaac have some big games. Get your insight, man. Really appreciate it. That sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Chris. And that's going to do it. My thanks to Eric Hansen and Eric Williams for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Don't forget, if you like what you hear this offseason, be sure to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please help spread the word. We'll have a couple more podcasts for you over the weekend. Always appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, I'm Chris Harey.